And then I went on one youth trip and uh, I was the funny guy. Just kind of making fun of people. And then everybody started kind of like, you know, not really roasting back then, but, you know, breaking balls as we will. Right. And uh, just kept with it, man. It became it became my family at that time. Yeah. Uh, You know, I remember I mean, I'm still friends with some. I mean, one of my best friends in the world. She's uh, got her Ph.D. She teaches at a school in Alabama, Carrie Duggar. I mean, I met her through that. Uh-huh. And, and a bunch of other great, I mean, people, some of the closest friends of my life have come through. Yeah. Uh, really, you know, the, the church and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was a great time for me being in there. And again, I got focused. Uh, I was doing daily devotions, reading about God, praying a lot. Right. Just doing the whole, you know, spirituality through Christ. And, yeah. you know, you know, and I was, you know, uh, ministering and worship practice and I'd lead, you know, you know, all these things. And yeah. to the point where it, it, it became... What, what did you love about it? Because it seemed like th- th- this this right here is the first time, even when you talk, you, you know, you've mentioned different hiding porno and football, but like this is the most you've lit up talking about something on this podcast mm-hmm. so far is is this period what did you love about the, the connection to people yeah the this and uh, to be honest it was almost a pure connection with people yeah um, we had you know one goal there was no i mean obviously there's selfish people and you know there's of not course. yeah but of course it was just uh the giving to others yeah instead of instead of taking it was more giving that's right. that's why i found out i'm more of a giving person Hey everybody, this is Tom Goss, host of Leaving the Tribe. Today's episode with Matt Cole. Uh, follow him at Matt Cole Comedy online. Uh, we talk today about being kind of uh, being born religious, not being religious, then going full bore, and then eventually leaving. Uh, his experiences in a Christian college. Um, it's a good episode. Uh, absolutely, thank you. To Matt for doing it. Uh, you can follow him once again at Matt Cole Comedy Online. You can follow me at GosGos6 Goss and follow the show at Leaving the Tribe. Um, once again, sorry for the inconsistencies in episodes. Everything is <laughs> very hectic right now. The show is still happening. The show will continue to happen, uh, but trying to figure out how to make uh, the show more regular. Um, due to space issues but uh, yeah enjoy uh, a very good episode of Leaving the Tribe with Matt Cole I'm too bright? no 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 I mean this room this room room is brighter than pretty much anywhere I go but outside but (laughs) Outside, yeah, outside is uh, it is usually the brightest. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, yeah. All right, we're um, we're recording. How you how you been, man? Been good, man. Just really busy lately. Just yeah, doing, yeah. doing running shows, doing shows, going back on the road again. Oh, where are you going on the road? Uh, Vegas and then Reno for a week. What are you doing in Vegas? Uh, Phil Factory, and then fucking love that d- show. Dude, Jaws is great. Dude, and I was trying to get her on it, and then it got too hectic. I threw out my back, and my car broke down in the same week. And yeah, I was... saw you when your fucking back was hurting, man. Oh yeah, that's right. That's yeah. right. Yeah, no, that was on the that was on the recovery end. That dude. was you being recovered. That was me halfway to recovery. How bad was it then? Because you I couldn't move. Mis- oh shit! Okay, gotcha. I literally couldn't move. I was just sitting. 
I was just laying down. And you don't have sit. much of a torso anyway, so if you throw it I, your back, you're really. <laughs> yeah, no, it was bad. I couldn't. I like at one like I'd lay in bed. I'd like get up to go to the bathroom, and then I'd get on my feet, and I'm like, oh, feet. This is not a thing right Dude, now. Dude, I hear you. And uh, then I just end up on the ground for like 30 to 45 minutes trying to get up. So uh, I haven't had any back problems, but I fucked up my knee years ago. So every now and again, I'll have like fat guy knee problems. Uh-huh. And I got those fat guy cripple crutches that I, I, I can use if I need oh, them. Oh, yeah. The, yeah. The, uh, uh, the crutch. Yeah. The ones I think that, like, I've seen you with them. Yeah. I, I did a show with them once. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. There's a picture of me somewhere out there with them. They're ridiculous. Yeah, there's nothing. There's nothing worse than like uh, being overweight and then having some sort of fat accessory to. Dude, especially on your legs, because then you're done. Whether right. it's ankle knee or whatever, it's just yeah. Yeah, no people, people, yeah, because it's never, it's never going to be anything but. Oh, how did your fat ruin your? <laughs> exactly. The blank. Um, but yeah, I've known you. I've known you for a fucking. Pretty, pretty at, much, at least five and a half years. I think yeah. I met you when I was like one year into comedy. Oh, really? Yeah, I, I was. Thought you'd been doing it longer than that when we met. Dude, it's coming up on seven, but no, I haven't been doing it that long. Yeah. Um, I met you. Actually, I knew about you because uh, th- you used to come through the Rio. Remember the Rio Vista? I do remember the that. Sunday nights there, and then you had that episode, and we didn't, you know, we didn't know if. Uh, we didn't know what was going on. You kind of like tried to hurt yourself. Oh yeah, that. I tried to kill myself. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, was, I don't. I don't. I don't know. What, like what we're allowed. Like yeah, I didn't want to no, say that shit. I, um, I, yeah. No, I'm not. And then uh, yeah, then I really knew about you, and uh, we started becoming good friends after that. Found yeah. out Chicago friends loved the Bears together. Just had a lot yeah, of fun. Yeah. Yeah. Which my God, that was a fucking terrible game from our offense. Ah, dude. Uh, yeah. I'm already over it. <laughs> I'm just done watching. Defense was fun to watch. Yeah, they were. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, man. Um, but you, uh, so you were raised, you were raised religious. Very much so. I um, from the Midwest, so you know God's a big thing out there. Sure, sure. Had Ill- Illinois has the because you're from Chicago, right? Yeah, suburbs of Chicago. Have you yeah. Seen the giant cross in Illinois, the biggest cross in the world. Is it? Where's that at? It's in Illinois. Oh, is it like off of like like one of their hills? I'm using quotations. You can't see that. It's it's on the way to Indiana. Okay, that makes sense. It's on the way. I it's the biggest cross in the world. At least the United States. Oh, okay, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I think it might be the world. I'll look it up. But it's like I fell asleep on the road and I woke up and it was just this hundred and something foot cross just above you. Like it was, it's huge. It's huge. But my point is, it is a very religious area. I guess is all. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was as I, I became more religious when I when I left the Chicago area and I had to move to Tennessee. That's sure. where, that's where, but no, I mean, yeah, I grew up, my parents were very devout Christians and uh-huh. I mean, that's what, what you're raised with. Technically non-denominational, which is okay. funny because it's, it's like its own denomination now. Right. We used to do uh, like first Christian churches and stuff like okay. that, which was like basic Bible believing, New Testament faith based versus like all the Old Testament shit. And, uh-huh. So uh, what, what's, so what's, are there any like big differences in terms of like, you know, uh, there's a lot of differences, man. I mean, I'm not going to break down the scale from like, you know, the, the Catholic church to the Lutherans and the Baptists right. and all that stuff. Um, basically the way I saw it, like the first Christian churches were basically all like the apostle Paul belief, like belief churches, you know, they were, uh-huh. they, they tried to stay as close to the teachings of Christ versus like wandering off other things. It's, it's all just organized, mumbo stuff to be right. honest but yeah 
So, okay, basically they just didn't want the more... Ch- they didn't want the book to change. The interpretation of the book to change. Pretty, I mean, pretty, well, that, that's the whole the the whole funny thing is like some churches are like very hardcore, like the old King James, and then there's the NIV, New International Version. So they're they're all over the place with the, right. the different texts they read and, and the scriptures they keep to. Um, but the ones I went to, they were a little bit more laid back as far as gotcha. the acceptance of people and 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 really instead of like preaching like you know you know, hellfire and brimstone and all that stuff. It was more like trying to, t- you know, it was a more progressive. Um, I mean, I don't know how prog- <laughs> <laughs> you flinched when I said that. Uh, yeah. Cause I'm like, there were some things that were very yeah. progressive. <laughs> like what? Uh, I mean, they were not gay friendly at all. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I, I even remember, uh, like I liked a girl it, in my church who was black. It was the first black girl I was ever attracted to. And this is like early middle school. And I remember like tell, telling one of the guys about it. And then he told his dad and his dad said something. I forgot the scriptures like uh, like the oxen. You're not supposed to unequally yoke. Basically like stick with your own kind is what he was telling right. me. And like even that in the church. Back, I'm like, what the fuck is this? And this was. Are we allowed to cuss on this podcast? I don't want to. Yes. Okay. Yes. You can. I mean, no slurs. I was worried that the, not that you were going to say it. <laughs> no, no. He yeah. didn't. No, but like they try to use like scripture to like warp like the way like in a relation right interracial relationships right like that. yeah no that's that's uh what and this was the eighties um that was probably early two thousand I mean early nineties uh okay. like ninety two ninety three like when I was right in middle school right. you know when you start giving a shit about girls right right yeah. Yeah, she was a cute little black and chick, that was, man. That was, and that was the response is uh, no, no. Yeah, well, he was like a deacon or the elder, like an elder in the church. And oh, he, he had yeah. power, too. He was well, like I mean, I don't, I don't know. I think they really have power. They just kind of help run things at the church. But yeah, okay. yeah, he was one that kind of threw that scripture my way in like one of the Sunday school classes. And How I'm did like, you react to that? Uh, it definitely kind of changed. Uh, you know, I was like, oh, okay. He's you not, know, it's... Right, it's one of those things where, like, oh, I guess I'm supposed to only like white girls or right. something. It's, yeah, you're you're a kid. You don't you're you're mm-hmm. being uh, you're ha- everyone's putting these impressions on you. You don't. Oh, that's that's exactly what it is. I yeah. mean, it's it's. I mean, you're impressionable. I mean, what I was like baptized when I was like eight or nine because it's something I thought my parents wanted me to do. Yeah, I didn't really understand like what. I mean, I kind of understood what I was talking about, but you don't really understand like giving yourself to Christ and right. and these things. And it's just you understood the vague points, but I, not I the did. Nuances. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah it, I was doing it because I wanted mommy and daddy to be happy versus having any idea what like a personal relationship with Christ and all that stuff was about. Right, and I think that's I think that's a lot of I think that's a lot of people is. You you know, a lot of people, most people are born into the, their religion, and a lot of it is, uh, I want to make my parents happy. That's exactly proud, what it is. You know, uh, that's not 100% of people, of course. But no, I mean, there's a lot of people that, I mean, there are good people of faith out there. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I mean that's one of the things, like, I, I don't understand people that, like, just hate on I'm like, some people have beliefs, man, but right. they're also yeah. great people, and they're yeah. doing good things for the community, and yeah. it's... Yeah, I wasn't one of those people. <laughs> <laughs> what did when did that start? Uh, um, it started honestly. I was going down what they called the wrong path. Probably middle school, early high school. I was getting in. Uh, that's when this I. This is when you started liking black girls. And they, yeah, they yeah. No, no. Uh, I started being like one of those dumb jock douches. Like I was in the football thing at high school. I was hanging out with the kids that smoked cigarettes. I didn't give a fuck about grades. Uh-huh. You know, I was like doing like a summer school thing, and right. I'd skip summer school. We'd go down to the liquor store, buy cigarettes, and like bubble gum because that's the only thing like we could get at the time. 
you know, buying porno mags from like these like like White Hen Pantry. I don't know if you remember White Hen Pantry because you're from the Midwest. No, okay. no, I'm not from the Midwest. I was born oh, in California. Oh, that's right. I always forget. Nevada. It was bit. it was basically like a ghetto version of Seven Eleven. Okay. And you could basically walk in and buy whatever the fuck you wanted in there, other than alcohol, because that they gave it. But yeah, cigarettes, porno mags, all that stuff. <laughs> And I was like one of those degenerate kids, so we'd skip out on summer school, go there, go buy all that shit, and then sneak it home. And yeah, yes, I was definitely not headed down the right path, as they Did say. Did you feel guilt, like guilt or anything? Not or? really, not 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 at that point. Uh, really, I mean, looking back at all this, whether we're, we'll talk about the church stuff, it's always. I was always just looking for a group to fit in with. Right. So in this case, you know, it was the the quote unquote bad kids. Right. And I was, you know, starting to follow that path versus. Right. Well, before you found that group, did you not feel like you fit in with the community? At not the not at all. Uh, the church I went to was a couple cities away, and like all those kids were were like they were like lived in the same city, their right. own their own clique. Most of them went to the same yeah. school. Exactly. And I never and, really got yeah. to hang out with them outside of church. And then you were I was kind of an outsider. Very much an outsider at that church. Yeah, for sure. Oh, always outside looking in there, for sure. Right. And so you, you, that's, that's it. Okay. So yeah, you didn't have a crew. No, no. And that's, you know, I wasn't super religious at all. Like I, I did the motions cause you know, that's what my parents wanted me to do. Right. You know, the Sunday school stuff, going to church, uh, the youth group stuff, like once a week there. Yeah, do that stuff, but I would I wasn't really a part of that in Chicago. Not really a part of that. At how all. did you meet? How did you meet your uh, your bad influence crew? Those were just my friends from high school. The guys that lived in my neighborhood. Yeah, I mean we I, I lived on the edge of suburbia, so behind my house. I mean it's all gone now, but there was like a cornfield. You know, oh, we, shit. we okay. honestly it's just one of those cliche things. Deep where, in the suburbs. Yeah, deep in the suburbs, like right on the edge of like farm town. So what like, was what do you know? What was the name of the town? The Gilberts. Gilberts. It was, Never heard of you it. know, uh, well, technically, I when I tell people like I'm from like Hoffman Estate, Schomburg, but I really lived like in Gilberts, Dundee, Algonquin area. Okay. Which is like right on the, I mean, it's all super like developed now, but at the time, you know, it we was, used to, we yeah. used to walk the train tracks to Walmart and steal pellets for our pellet rifles. Right. And, it was right where Chicago started becoming <laughs> the rest of mm-hmm. Illinois. But it was also like the eighties, early nineties where like you were just kind of allowed to, those the latchkey kids. We were allowed to go wherever the fuck we wanted. Right. Parents were super busy working or doing other things. And we right. kind of just raised ourselves a little bit, to be honest. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Um, so you, you're following, you're following this crew, you're buying porno, you're, you know, you're, Buying porno and hiding it in broken down silos, those old grain <laughs> silos. We had like forts and stashes of them in there. You had forts made of porno? Well, we had them hung on the wall. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. It's just, <laughs> I'm just imagining. Yeah, just a house built yeah, out of like penthouses. Like, you know, we, sh- we should have laid down the better foundation <laughs> and then decorated with it. <laughs> yeah, okay. So, um,. Did you ever get? A, did you get in trouble? Were you able? To get I was. I was always getting stuff. in trouble. Again, yeah. my parents very strict religious, right. you know, family at the time, and so yeah, uh, I remember getting busted with pornos, and my mom like cut it up in front of my brother because my brother had found it, and she and she burnt it in the fireplace, and I was like grounded forever, and I was like scolded really bad for that, uh-huh. given a lesson about how like that's. <laughs> That's one of the things I always laughed about. It was we had all these National Geographics in the house that had all these right. pictures of like naked black chicks, but like the white chicks, you, that's that's the pornography. Right. Like it's like, come on, it's like yeah, it was it's, always. It is. It is interesting. Yeah, that is it. I've I've thought about that too with National Geographic and stuff like that, where 
they're putting naked people, but because they're from a third world that isn't. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's that's what I was jerking off to like growing up was National Geographic and the J.C. Penny catalog, the bra <laughs> section, because they always had like the nip slip pics. Oh yeah, dude, that was my. That was your whole. Yeah. Well, we didn't have the internet, man. I had to get whatever I could right, get. Right, right. Fredericks, yeah. the Fredericks of Hollywood, like uh, brochures, steal uh-huh. those from the mall. Yeah, you were you were like right on the cusp of the last generation before mm-hmm. the internet kind of took over that whole. You, you were the last generation to hide porn in silos. <laughs> That's the greatest generation. The, the porn, yeah, the greatest generation. Yeah. The, the porn hiding. <laughs> That's true, man. Yeah, we had to do more than delete our history to keep this a secret. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, wait, so you're going through that. You're still going to church, though. All the time. All the time going to church, going through them. I mean, I had to. I didn't get like, you know, Sunday was church. Right. You know, we got up early to go to Sunday school, sit there, you know, and you go through whatever the teachings were that day. Uh-huh. And then it was the worship service and then the message from uh, the minister at the time. And then you sit through all that. We He was a night. He's dead now. But he was this cool African guy, South African guy. His name was Titus. Uh-huh. And uh, just the worst preacher ever. <laughs> just. What made him the worst? Just dry and Boring and uh, just yeah, because nowadays you get these mega churches and these you know very uh, energetic uh, guys you got up there. Sam Kennison talking about yeah, God it, exactly, much, basically. Yeah. And this guy was just, just, just that World War Two dry type right. of guy, man. Just yeah, and then the word of God, and, you know, like just right. left all of his charisma on the beaches of France. <laughs> exactly, kinda, yeah. yeah. And it was just like, and then his wife, and I think she's dead too. Her name was Evie or Evelyn. She used to play. Not the mandolin, but something like it, where you just kind of ping it, ping and ping it. Uh-huh. Yeah, it was just the weirdest stuff. But yeah, like the, a fiddle, kind of. I don't know the name of it. I'm sure somebody's screaming it into the microphone. <laughs> right. But like, right. yeah, we had that hippie bitch at our church. <laughs> right. No, but um, that coming up there, that church was more for my parents than for the kids. Yeah. That's where all their friends were, like their couple friends were all through that church. Uh-huh. So they had like their their like weekly Bible studies where they'd all meet up and like do their thing. And uh-huh. But yeah, I never really felt involved in that that did at you, all. Did you any of the things that were preached or taught, did you did you absorb any of them? I mean, the the basics, absolutely. You know, I always challenge some of the stories. I was always that kid. Like, wh- which stories? Uh, for, for for sure, um, the, what was it? Not Jonah and the Whale. Was it Jonah and the Whale? I'm, I wasn't raised Christian. So oh, I was dude, I, I should be knowing this. I Dude, I got excited about Bible college. I yeah, Jonah and the Whale. Uh-huh. Basically, like, this fish swallowed this guy. Sure. And then, like, three days later, or whatever it was, he spit up, but he was still alive. I'm like, how can a fish swallow a person and he's not, like, eating and digest? You know, like, and they're, like, yeah. they're telling me, like, these things. And then you see, like, the stupid picture. It's, like, a guy praying with a candle in, like, the belly of a fish. And I'm like, what Wasn't is this also a plot point in Pinocchio? Yeah, possibly. <laughs> That's right. It was, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. And Finding Nemo? It was I, I didn't see Finding Nemo. I'll be honest. They probably took it from that. Yeah. I don't think the Bible took from Finding Nemo. You don't think so? You think like the thousand-year gap between cartoons? Yeah. You know what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I would have double play. But yeah, I'd, I'd always question things. And, yeah. they'd, and they didn't like that at all. Right. You know, it's like, well, this is how we're taught. And this is what it is. And, you know, you questioning things is, you know, stay in line kind of a mentality for that church. Uh-huh. But yeah, I always I was always getting talked to after Sunday school by whoever the teacher was and you know right reprimanded for like asking questions and he goes, "Well, this is our faith and this is what we believe and this is what you need to believe versus hey, if you question this, maybe you can grow your faith a little bit more." Whatever right. that was. It was very don't ask questions. Mhm. 
Very, very much like Shut that. your mouth. Kind of listen to what we say. And it was that way all throughout high school. Uh, not all the way through high school. Halfway through high school, I ended up moving to Tennessee. Oh, I thought you went to college in Tennessee. I did also go to college in Tennessee. Okay, but you went there for... You yeah, I agree. Yeah. Uh, so what happened is my dad was in warehouse distribution. They moved yeah. to Memphis because that's a huge hub for FedEx at the time. Right. So he moved the whole family down there. And we lived in a, in a city, a rural, rural, rural area outside of Memphis called Collierville. So okay. basically it was Memphis and there was Germantown, which is all the rich southern money was. And then outside uh-huh. of that was all this like Hicktown, USA. And that's where he moved us to. Uh-huh. And immediately I didn't have friends again, nobody in high school. And that was just a whole culture shock. Right. And uh, the white guys hated me on the football team because I was a Yankee. And they're still fighting like the Civil War in their head at the time. They hated you because you were you were from Chicago. Yeah, well, yeah, I was a white guy from the north. Also, I got along with the black guys, which made it weird. Like I had a bunch of black friends so on the team. Why did the black guys didn't even get together, get along on the on? team? No, it was super segregated in the locker room. Was it was it segregated by position too? Like how did how does that? No, I mean it wasn't. Seg- I mean we had black guys, white guys, in both offense, defense. Yeah. But in the locker room, there was like the black area of the locker room, and then there was definitely the white area of the locker room. Uh-huh. And I was like right on the cusp. Right. Yeah, I got, I literally, that was a rough, uh, I'll get into it in a second, but yeah, literally on that team, from the first junior year, my first half of my junior year, I basically got in a fight after practice almost every single day with a white guy for calling me like a damn Yankee or like, I had a guy, I'll never fuck this guy, fuck you David Dettelbach, <laughs> he was this piece of shit guy, he was like the kicker on the team. And he stole my fucking spikes out of my locker, put them in the toilet, and pissed all over them. Yeah. And then when I found out was, you know, you got to retaliate. So I put his head into a locker, and right. the coaches pulled me off of him. And but fuck that guy. Yeah. Yeah. What? It was. And this is this was this was from the kicker. That was the kicker. The fucking place kicker, dude. You got some balls to be a kicker pulling pranks and stuff. Well, he was like one of the uh, the rich kids in the town and, you know. Sure. But yeah, that's that was what it was, man. It was I wasn't accepted at all. Again, it was always me looking for a group for acceptance. Right. Did which the, did the black guys fuck with you at all or um, it was you, dude, you're the, still white. I, the thing is I was I was the cool white guy. So uh-huh. I'm definitely still a whitey, but at the time, like I was like the oh he's cool man he's from the north you know like right, right. yeah he's down with us like at the, you know I was listening to rap or whatever at the time and, right <clears throat> and, but it wasn't know. the thing where they were like hey, hang out with us yeah like I definitely didn't have like a raised truck or do anything stupid crazy like that right. like, a bunch of the other redneck dudes um, it kind of settled down like where I ended up with like a couple black friends a couple white friends on the team but most of the team I was just always on the outside yeah even when I you know even when I was starting at fucking offensive tackle like I was still a starter and like like a the black sheep of the team right uh <laughs> this is going way off tangent I don't go no, back to no, it's it's still it's still interesting so senior year for senior days uh the cheerleaders come and they wear your jersey your away jersey and hat uh-huh. and none of the none nobody came for my shit because I was the Yankee of the team really nobody wanted to wear my number it was yeah I was always just kind of ostracized for being just from another point when we moved to Tennessee they give you this class it's called Tennessee education and I'll never forget when it came to the Civil War, they actually taught the Civil War as being unresolved. And then when I raised really? my yeah, and when I raised my hand, I go, "Then why are the slaves free?" I got kicked out of class. I got called the they, damn Yankee. They kicked you out of class. For I also didn't get a lot of their little st- like. She goes, "You better put that up." And I literally raised it up because I didn't know it meant put it away. I was uh-huh. always like, yeah, I was like flagged as like the bad kid because I was from the north. Like the teachers but, didn't but like it's me. Mostly because they speak like fucking idiots. Yeah, like we're. <laughs> English class, the lady said, you might could do that is actual proper grammar. I'm like, no, it's not. <laughs> you might could do that. Y'all fixing. 
<laughs> How far away was this from an actual city? Um, I mean, Collierville itself is a big, bigger city now. Uh-huh. But at the time, man, it was, I don't know, like Orange County. Like, imagine it was like, uh, I mean, it had a decent sized population. There's probably like 50, 60,000 people at the time in the city. I'm sure it's more now. Uh-huh. But it was just backwoodsy Southern, man. It was like good old boys and pickup trucks. And right. the bait shop is where you got your tackle and your tobacco and all that shit. Yeah. Not crawlers to go not fishing and. Yeah, it's a completely different. Cult. Well, what's weird is like it was. Uh, it was a completely different culture. Yeah, when I go to parts of the the Midwest, you know, Indiana, Illinois, it's it feels southern, in terms of just like the, uh, the the like the the vibe. There's corn and there's fucking. Well, yeah, you, it's it's you know it's it, bl- it's back. It gets the corn has nothing to do with it. It gets backwoodsy out in the Midwest. Yeah, but you weren't that fr- when you say good old boy country. Yeah, yeah, but that's not where exactly you weren't exactly coming from. That you guys just had uh, you guys had corn, but not not <laughs> not racial division. No, well, no, you did. Well, I mean, in the church a little bit, but my neighborhood where I grew up was a pretty good melting pot of culture yeah and and uh at least in chicago not tennessee and actually not even out here really um no no it's very sick no like my, my neighborhood like i had the black friends the indian family lived there we had asian but we all hung out together uh that was uh-huh. not the case in tennessee like it was the other side of the tracks is a real thing i went to go hang out with my one of my black buddies and uh, there's literally i drove over the tracks and i realized oh this is what they mean by the other side of the tracks it's yeah. where all the hallways and everything out there was all the African American people living there. Right. And I'm like, oh, okay. You know, and then that's when you're like, you know, you're like, oh shit, I'm like the only white person here. And that's when you kind of see like there is a racial divide and yeah. And stuff like that. But uh it's better now. At the time it's just it was one of those the South is always improving. I mean as far as like, you know, the the liberal side of things. Like right. Callerville recently had like a female mayor. You know, uh-huh. you know, like so like they're they're doing better. You got a big freeway through there now, so there's it's, a lot of. But it's it's slow. It's slow movement. Yeah, it sounds like you got there before there was. I mean, when I really got any movement, when I got there, I joined because uh, you have to take electives, and I went to do the um, the computer class. They were still using those old floppy disks, uh-huh. CDW backspace, like all that. And what really, year was this, by the way? Uh, this is I graduated high school ninety seven, so this is like ninety five, okay. ninety six. Okay. Yeah, I was uh, fifteen, sixteen when I moved down there. Yeah. You know, like the height of like where you you can't figure things out. Your body's right. hormones are going fucking wacky. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Yeah. They had the uh, f- yeah. That that sounds like a fucking sounds like that sounds like a nightmare. I mean, it, it is interesting. It's surprising me how divided. Because it's, I feel like things are slowly getting better. I did notice when I went out to the south, it if like uh, there, it still it still has a more segregated vibe. Like in in L A, like I you see people of different races interacting with each other. But when I went to the south, it felt like there wasn't even that. Dude, I, literally when I lived in Memphis, I think Memphis is fifty one percent black, forty nine percent white, and then. There's Mexicans when brickwork needs to be done, and then they disappear again. I have no idea where they went. Right. But that's the only time you'd see, like, a brown person versus, like, a black or white person down there. Right, right. So, and, like, yeah, there, there's still a shit ton of racial tension. I mean, Memphis is where Martha Luther King was assassinated. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, it's the home of Elvis where, you know, it's... Right. They have dead Elvis week every... Once a year, and it's just... 
it's just a weird, wackety place. Knoxville, where I ended up going to school, that was a much better area as uh-huh. far as like people, because there's a big, huge college there. There's, you know, there's, it's just the time Memphis, and that's again going in. That's when I lived in Memphis is where I became started becoming super religious. Well, when you actually started when getting, I started actually like yeah getting into it was wh- that point. Wh- why? What? What drew you into it? Well, I did, did you go to a religious college? Because yeah, I got yeah. Well, I got kicked out of a Bible college. We'll talk about that in okay, a second. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, that's I actually wanted to be like a youth minister preacher uh, for uh, years. Um, yeah, what, so what flipped in your head? From- we moved to Tennessee, man, and I didn't have the you know I had a couple friends in school because of football. Yeah, but most of the people I wasn't getting into, and then. We joined this church, and the church was like half Southern people with some Northern people. So it, it kind of felt, and then I got heavily involved in the youth group there. Uh-huh. Uh, I, to the point where like... It was I, a place to socialize. Not only was it a place to socialize, but it was the first group where I felt where I was accepted and I belonged. You weren't judged for being different. Exactly. Wasn't being judged they for being different. just that you enjoyed God. Yeah. and yeah. Well, I, I started getting into it. You know, right. I started... I went on some... Uh, on summer times, they go on like different like retreats and stuff. I started yeah. doing those. I became active in the youth group. I became a youth group leader, uh-huh. and you know, I you know, I started you know teaching certain Bible studies or helping you know leading worship or yeah. just kind of doing all that stuff. And it, it became like a, a family for me. Right. So I had right. my my family. I had you know you know it, I had turmoil with my brother and sister, my parents. It's those teenage years. I'm fucking fighting with them all the time. Yeah. Just out of my head, insane. But then. Here I had this, it was almost serenity-like, right? I had like this peace of mind. I knew I wasn't going to be judged. I was popular in the youth group. Yeah. You know, it's like, here comes, you know, Matt Cole's here. It was one of those times, you know. It was right, like right. the cool football player guy and I wasn't fat back then. <laughs> <laughs> the girls liked me. Were you still playing offensive tackle though? Yeah. Yeah, you were, you were, you were, oh, you were probably. Right, right, yeah, right tackle. I was the pulling tackle for yeah. all the run plays, yeah. Yeah. So you, okay, so you, uh, um. You became cool. This is all still during high school. This is all high school. This is literally, we moved to Tennessee right right during Christmas break. So uh-huh. I was basically locked. I locked myself in my room for weeks until school started. I hated my family at that time because they moved away from my friends. Right. I had to start all over in a whole fucking other area. Um, in a very different area. Uh, to the point where I, I still talk fast because of my, my Chicago vibe, but I don't have the Chicago accent anymore because I dropped it when I lived out there. Uh-huh. It took me a couple of years, but I finally dropped like the hard A, like Chicago. And, you yeah. know, it's, I just, I, cause, yeah, pop. Everything yeah. out there is Coke. Y'all want Coke? Kind of yeah. Coke y'all got. Uh, and then out here, everything's soda, right? Yeah. 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 It's just stupid nuances. It is, but it's good. It's also, no. I love the dumb nuances. I love that things aren't exactly the same when I go other places. No, that's what's great about traveling. Yeah. Um, but yeah, dude, it was just, it, it, honestly, it was, other than like two other times in my life, that was the most impactful thing that kind of made me me who I am today yeah. was going down there and having my entire world flipped upside down. Culturally, it was different. Uh, school was different. Everything was different for me. And then again, my parents being super religious, they found a church. We, we tried some churches as a family. We decided that we liked the one preacher, Jeff Whitlock. Shout out, Jeff. Fuck. <laughs> I'm sure you'll appreciate dude, it. Dude, I'd love that man to death, man. Yeah. He, was, he was a he's a great dude. No, uh, that's it's that, I'm I'm glad I'm glad you're 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 saying stuff like that because you know uh, one of the frustrations I have is like this is this podcast is for people's individual experiences. It's mm-hmm. not a thing. 
And pretty much all the guests who come and talk about leaving the religion, they go, I still love people there. Yeah. I just, it wasn't good for me. And I want to bring in, at some point, bring in religious leaders just to fucking mix it up. I don't want to make it one note. But I actually, I always appreciate it when people say, like, you said it a couple times. We're like, yeah, he was a religious leader. Loved them. You know, there are a lot of good people. Sorry, this is a tangent. Now, no, dude, go on a tangent. I've been running on all tangents so yeah, far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, no, the, the 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 podcast works best when I say less than 100 words on it. <laughs> Trust me. <laughs> Trust great. me. Uh, what made us like the church is we were used to long-winded minister, preacher guys, yeah. pastors. Everybody has a different name for them. We could call them ministers because that was... And, you know, we went from Titus, who would just, when he'd pray, it was just on and on and on. And when Jeff one day, and he went to pray, and he goes, you know, uh, Heavenly Father, just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. And we're like, oh, yeah, we're coming here. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that was the preacher dude. He summed it up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I summed it. Yeah, good job, bro. Uh, but, yeah, uh, so my family chose that one. And I was, for a while there, I was kind of, again, on the outside looking in. And then I went on one youth trip, and uh, I was the funny guy, just yeah. kind of making fun of people. And then everybody started kind of like, you know, not really roasting back then, but, you know, breaking balls as we will. Right. And uh, just kept with it, man. It became it became my family at that time. Yeah. Uh, you know, I remember, I mean, I'm still friends with some, I mean, one of my best friends in the world. She's uh, got her PhD. She teaches at a school in Alabama, Carrie Duggar. I mean, I met her through that. Uh-huh. And, and a bunch of other great, I mean, people, some of the closest friends of my life have come through. Yeah. Uh, really, you know, the, the church and stuff. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that was, that was a great time for me being in there. And again, I got focused. Uh, I was doing daily devotions, reading about God, praying a lot, right. just doing the whole, you know, spirituality through Christ. And, yeah. you know, you know, and I was, you know, uh, ministering and worship practice and I'd lead, you know, you know, all these things. And yeah. to the point where it, it, it became... What, what did you love about it? Because it seemed like th- th- this this right here is the first time, even when you talk, you, you know, you've mentioned different hiding porno and football, but like this is the most you've lit up talking about something on this podcast mm-hmm. so far is is this period. What did you love about... The, the connection to people. Yeah. The, this, and uh, to be honest, it was almost a pure connection with people. Yeah. Um, we had, you know, one goal. There was no... I mean, obviously, there's selfish people and, you know, there's of not... Of course. Yeah, but of course. It was just uh, the giving to others. Yeah. Instead of instead of taking, it was more giving. That's right. That's why I found out I'm more of a giving person than... I mean, fuck, you see how I book shows. I put people that don't belong in shows. I chose all the time. <laughs> no, you do, you, do take, you do take chances um, on people. And you took a chance. When I was n- fucking new to comedy, you took a chance on me, and it still hasn't paid off. And you still give me. Are you kidding me? I'm doing your podcast. This is the height of my comedy career right now. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. No one listens to this. Uh, <laughs> good. No. Uh, dude, there was, there was, it's just, it, it was. In a time of turmoil, especially that teenage years where you, you're just like you're just dry humping every fucking pillow in the house. Yeah, you're you're just spitting come out of your eyes. You like you yeah. know like those years. Your hormones just, make your blood. It was fire. it was it was a place of peace for me. It was a place of acceptance. It was a family. I keep saying that over and over again, like your church family. Um, and it it was just it made me 
I didn't want to. I didn't want it to stop. That's why I wanted to go to uh, to Bible college. I wanted to become a youth minister and stay in the church. Yeah, because to me, that's what I really enjoyed. Right, was that relationship with people. And then again, like you know, there's you know, you're, you're doing it spiritually. So you know, you have a belief in God. It's the same structure. You're learning with each other. It was just to me that was one of the best times in my life to keep me. Grounded. It also kept me out of drugs and booze and alcohol, yeah. and it, it kept me uh, out of like the the things that could have stopped my success at the time. Right, right, so. right. When you got really into it, uh, did it change your personality at all, or were you the same exact guy? You just were super. You thought about Jesus a bunch. Uh, my personality at the time, I was a rage machine. Yeah, I was. Uh, I, I was just gotten diagnosed with ADD and they put me on these, these, this medication. Ritalin. That was before they gave it to everybody. Too. Yeah. That was, uh -huh. yeah. You're, you're one uh, of Ritalin didn't phase me. They gave me this called like dextrogen. I mean, they were orange triangle pills and I wouldn't take them all the time. So I'd have high highs and low lows gotcha. on top of that, working out creatine in the system. Right. You know, it's just, I was this fucking rage monster at home. Yeah. Like scared the fuck out of my brother and sister all the time. My parents didn't know what to do with me. So there, None of that was going on. So it was like that place was like my release valve where you didn't. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, well, that's not even really affecting your personality as much. Well, as it, it stabilized your mood. It, it was. Yeah, it was a mood stabilizer, really. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I definitely became. Well, then the thing there is everybody's kind of Christian in the area. Yeah. Well, like whether it's the Southern Baptist or I mean, there's a lot of it's the denominations. Mm -hmm. and, yeah, there's uh, a, there's degrees. a lot of different things like yeah. the, the uh, crazy first. What is it? The uh, uh, we fag. What is it? It's FAG First Assembly of God Church. They go. That's what they call themselves. Well, no, that's the it's First Assembly of God, but their initials are FAG. Was they call it the Fag Church? Uh -huh. But those are the ones that like speak in tongues and get crazy with it. And yeah, there's just all sorts of different kinds. But everybody is pretty. It's very easy to be a Christian there, right? And so that was the ease of Christianity. So like you know, like out here, it's a lot of people are anti-faith or anti-Christian. This because you see a lot of like. The bad shit in the news, like the the people trying to the Christians that are protesting like abortion and stuff like yeah. that. I didn't really get a lot of that in the church, although it did get a little political um, when I got into it later, like in the Bible college days. Right. But yeah, at the time, it was just easy to be around. It was easy to be around. They weren't there weren't a ton of divisive opinions. No, and you know, there wasn't a lot of device. And it, again, in in Tennessee, like well, Chicago, if there was a divisive opinion you questioned, you were pretty much like berated. Yeah. Here you would question, and they try to help take that question, but like mold the questioning into like another way of teaching you about it. Sure. So I was able to question some things, there and I got some answers. Sort of explanation. Exactly. Even, um, yeah, yeah. But it was still church, so it's right. still not brainwashing. But they're still trying to teach you that those teachings of Christ and things like that. So they're trying to keep you on track with that versus letting you. I remember uh, we were, we went to, uh, we were talking about the afterlife uh -huh. and one of our, we, uh, we went to a graveyard. It was the, uh, just to kind of talk about death and the afterlife. And <laughs> your church took you to a graveyard. Well, it was the youth group. Yeah. The Interesting. youth finished. Yeah. We just go just went to hang out in the graveyard just to talk about it. Cause it's, that's the most emo thing that I would never expect. Be, this was before emo. Church. This is yeah, this yeah, before emo yeah, music. Yeah, no, bro. It was being created in this graveyard in Tennessee. And I remember talking and my question was, well, and he was talking about like, you know, he's talking about, he's basically reading the scripture of what heaven's going to be like based off revelations and things he saw. And I was just like, and he's talking about, you're going to be able to worship God. I'm like, this, I'm always like, that's all heaven is. It's just like old people singing hymns. I'm like, I don't think I want to go to heaven if that's what, and then that sparked up the conversation about like, 
you know, what is actual heaven versus yeah. hell. And, you know, it's so I was able to learn more that way than what I had, you know, you're, or, you're able to say things to that they may observe as being ignorant, mm -hmm. but you just, you're, you're just yeah. genuinely being, yeah. I, I was, I was always used as a, a teaching tool. Yeah. 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 You, <laughs> you're always part of the curriculum at that point. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. He's going to ask some stupid shit and right. then we'll just kind of run with it. Yeah. 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 And I'm sure. Yeah. It's, I wish, I wish, uh, I feel like, I, I mean, in all areas, people say, I feel like when people say stupid shit, they, it, they get bullied or ridiculed or attacked. I, I feel like you're really talking from yourself right now. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think I think right now in all different in a lot of different areas. I think I think if more people were to explain why they're being No, you're absolutely right with that. Especially I, I think more people would learn instead of keeping it to themselves and continuing to Especially be, with this whole overly progressive culture now. Like if you don't know what pronoun for somebody, you're berated like instead right. of instead of having a teaching moment and be like, hey man, like, just let you know, like, this is why this this or that. They're like, fuck you, you don't know, fuck you know. It's just like, yeah. Well, and there's and there's two sides of it because sometimes they they do explain it and then the person goes, fuck you anyway. So like, yeah, that's basically me right now. <laughs> <laughs> but it it is it is a you know it, it gets it does get messy and I think from I think no one wants to explain anything, uh, and everyone is everyone assume. At right now, I feel like everyone's attitude is of the first church you were talking. Yes, about. and don't question. Stay in line. This is the agenda. Move forward. Yeah, yeah, and it's not. And I'm not just speaking like in terms of political climate. Like it's it's an it's just it's everywhere. On well, regardless of political sides, regardless people don't of, want discourse. They don't want debate anymore. They don't want to be challenged in their thinking. Everyone wants to attack right now. Mm -hmm. And this isn't this isn't me going. The left is doing this, or the right is doing. Everyone's yeah. Doing everybody's it. doing it. Everyone's doing it. Um, uh, and it's not making things better for anybody. I don't think it is at all, except for the current president. I mean, yeah, I, don't need, I don't need to say. Uh, yeah, yeah. But I mean, I think that's also why, especially in comedy and podcast, being authentic, saying what you want to say, and having a uh, uh, some sort of. A way of doing that. I think that's why people start listening into a podcast. Yeah. And that's where they seek out certain comedians because they're not the, the, you know, the standard flow of things they're speaking against right. it or they're going, that's, that's some of the podcasts I listen to aren't even with comedians. It's just back and forth discourse. It's, it's topics being discussed openly without having to be shut out. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, that's what, that's what I'm trying to do. do You're doing with, a great job, with, man. With, with this show is, uh, I feel like, I really do think who you used to be is one of the most taboo things in existence right now. I mean, me and half of my jokes are basically me coming from a place of ignorance to not, you know, like the, figuring out why it was. Yeah. It, yeah. You know, yeah. it's it's that's who I am. You know, it's and asking the questions and making trying to make jokes about them. But, right. But right. people bolt up real quick. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, man. It's it. it where were we going with that? Well, I, I think it was just a tangent, but you were you were talking. Yeah, you were talking. Well, it, it it came from when you were talking about how you would be ignorant to the church folk. Mm -hmm. Then they explain it to you, and you go, "Got well, it." Well, yeah, that's that's all based. Uh, that was uh, shout out to Darren Canary. I think he's a an actual pastor or minister now in Florida somewhere. He's got his own church, but that was the youth minister at the time. Uh -huh. Him and his wife Jen, and he was just this young cool dude, and he was like you know down for the Jesus thing and. 
I, I really got involved with him. He was the one who at the time was going to the Johnson Bible College, and uh, that's where I ended up going. Uh-huh. And it, it was a lot of a lot of talking with him is kind of what wanted to make me get into the ministry as well, because I kind of wanted to emulate a lot of what he was doing right. so I could like teach others the same way. What about him? Just personality plus fun, silly, stupid guy. Uh-huh. Just, just a good, fun, dumb guy. Right. And just, you know, he had a, he had an amazing outlook on on Christ and religion, and and faith in general. And just, uh-huh. you know, one of those people you just kind of want to be around. Right. And I wanted to end up being like that. I literally, seriously wanted to emulate that kind of energy and 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 be that kind of a person. Just a fun guy making jokes. Well, right. they also talk, at the same time you can get serious and talk about faith and things like that. Yeah. So you you did you did. Uh, uh, he was the main reason you decided to go to Bible college. Well, he was he, yes. He's sitting down with him and talking with him about this. He's the one that kind of steered me and guided me towards you know getting into youth ministry and going to Johnson of all the colleges. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah. Was it a good college too, or just no? <laughs> No, no. It's called Johnson University now. I think it's more accredited. Uh, but at the time, here's the thing. They've produced a lot of good preachers, youth ministers, whatever you want to call it. There's but a lot of... Yeah. But there's there's people like me that went to the school and ended up losing their faith. Uh-huh. And that's that's a lot of a lot of the stories out of colleges like that. Right, right. Um, did, they, did, did you play sports there too? Or no, I mean, I played like, you know, the intramural shit they had, you know, like the flag football gotcha, and stuff like that. Gotcha, but no, but it, it was, it was, was it was an just account. went for. Yeah. Yeah. They had like a basketball team that like played other like Christian colleges, but there wasn't like a big sports school. Right. It was like guys dorm, girls dorm. You know, there's the holy circle. We called it. You couldn't walk through certain buildings with shorts. It was all rules. It was, it really took any sort of. A lot of times there's a lot of, there's two, I think there's two parts to most Christians. There's the Bible book knowledge, and then there's the heart, the emotional part where, you know, you know, you know, and they take the emotion out and everything's book knowledge. And yeah. you re, they reduce God to chapters and quizzes and tests. Right. And it really takes any of the, the awe and wonderment out of it, I guess is the best way to say. Uh-huh. And yeah, it's, there's people, it prepares certain people to be ministers and stuff like that and then there's people like me where i'm just like oh this is what it is yeah i'm done yeah you you start seeing the ugly parts of organized religion like what um the politics that you have to play uh how truly hypocritical people really can be um and especially how so what's an example um, you saw so we're all sinners in the eyes of God. We've all fallen short and that's why you need you know christ's sacrifice but if you're in some sort of religious leadership position whether uh-huh. you're the preacher or the minister or something you almost they almost need you to be perfect all the time you can't yeah. ha- you can't have faults right you can't be you know you can't show any signs of sin or weakness to sin or anything like that uh th- you're judged harshly for it yeah and it's almost like you're not allowed to be a human with faults at that point uh-huh um i mean there's, there's i have a lot of other issues with it too i don't like the way they take money use money um, Did you get to see how they use the money? Uh, yeah, I got to see some of it. I also got to see how. So again, this is certain faiths. Not all churches are bad. I, I want to put that yeah, out there no, first. The, the, but there's well, a, there, once again, I, I do this. I clarify, and I'll clarify in the intro too. This is what you, your experience was, and mm-hmm. what you saw. I don't want to hear about what other people told you. I want to hear about your experience. And you're not saying that that's everyone's experience. 
just yours. And for Christ's sake, or whoever fucking sake you believe in, if you're at home going, this does not match up. That's not the podcast. Yeah. The, 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 the podcast is specific experiences. So. Whenever money's involved, things get tricky, right? Right. So tithing and the way they used, uh, you know, you tithe to the church and you pay into it. And what they used the monies for, some of the underhanding dealings that were I saw that was done. Like, like, like. like Paying off certain people to to contract with the church, or uh-huh. um, you know, like especially like, uh, all right, so I'm not, I'm not going to name names, but don't, don't there, there was names. this there's this missionary group that really lied to a lot of churches to get money for their their what they wanted to do, and it really didn't go to certain things. There'd be fundraisers for money, but the money never went to that thing; it went to something else. Uh-huh. There was stuff like that. Most of what I saw from that point too was um, just. Where would the money go in those situations? Oh, to somebody's pocket sometimes. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I mean, uh, I remember, there was this. Uh, again, I'm not naming names, but they were they were. Uh, I guess it was almost like a like a. They would go to China and they would basically take. Uh, they'd go to like Africa or China. They go on like these little trips. Yeah. As like the name of like, oh, we're going as like a mission trip. Yeah. Like, again, I'm using quotations. People can't see it, but it was basically they get money to go on vacations. Right. Instead of actually go and do stuff. And yeah. They wouldn't actually do any of the missionary work mm-hmm. out there. Exactly. And you uh, got to see some of that firsthand. I got to see a lot of that firsthand. I got to see a lot of the, just the behind the scenes. Like, you know, you're pulling the curtain away, right? And you get to see what's going on back there. And I didn't like a, I don't like the way a lot of stuff was run. Right. It just did, it didn't it didn't feel right in some situations. Uh, for a great example is, so there were, in, in a church, again, money's always a weird subject. And um, and it's always because you there's rich people in the church, right? And then oh. there's very poor people in the church. Yeah. And neither one of the, the poor, they never really try to help each other, the poor people out much. They'll take in all this money to like ship it away to another country or help a village in Africa, you know, so they could get a couple pictures on the wall. Like right. this is, we're doing the Lord's work. Meanwhile, you know, you have people suffering in the church. Right. Suffering. Right and, 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 and people won't even like, you know, acknowledge. Yeah, it. acknowledge. And so there, there was always like that part of it. Yeah. Um, it's. I don't. I don't know. I, I try not to focus on it much. Um, that summer, when I, my first year in Bible college, I came back and I kind of helped take over part of the youth program at the church, right? And that's when I realized, oh, like it's just as bad as um, parents in sports. Right. You know, like they're they're shitty all the time. They're just as shitty when it comes to their kids in VBS, you know, the vacation Bible school, or if you're taking them to like like a like a church camp or something like that. Yeah. Parents are just as bad there as they are anywhere else. Right. And you know, their expectations are just And if they're not meeting expectations, it's on mm-hmm. the, the teacher's fault and but, the, but a lot of it too, it's it's I don't know, man, I can go through this forever. But going to school and literally Having like a class, like learning how to, like Hebrew, for example. Right. And, and then you're just breaking down text and you have literally a, a class about uh, the Pentateuch, which is like, and you're just, all the Bible is broken down into just text form. There's no real spiritual, you know, spiritual anything behind it. It's like reading like, you know, like a shitty book in history, you know, it's like, yeah. and then here's the test. Right. If you get the answers right, you pass, you know. Uh-huh. But were were you passing the test or did you go honestly? You uh, go fuck it. At I, a certain point? <laughs> I I did say fuck it at a certain point. Um, I I passed enough. Well, 
the other thing too is I was getting being given money from like certain grants, certain scholarships, sure, and certain sure. things. So I don't want to like. So I was always passing my classes, but like low C's, right? Like C minus D plus kind of grades, right? You know, like I'd always ace the final to like bring the grade up. Oh my god, I got enough. Let me ace the final. That there's my C, you know, right? But I wasn't doing enough. Uh, funny enough, I, I, I well, the only probation I wasn't put on in my school was academic probation. <laughs> I was on every other one. Uh, I was put on disciplinary probation for playing paintball in the guys' dorms and <laughs> and doing prank phone calls to the girls' dorms. We actually, if you go to Johnson, there's still rules that are in the rule book because of us. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, uh, I got kicked off work study. Uh, so work study means like I worked in the kitchen to help pay for some of my tuition. Right. I get kicked out of that and put on probation for that. And the one that got me kicked out was chapel probation. So four times a week, uh, three if you had like some sort of like charity thing you did, um, you had to wake up at like 6 a.m. to go to like the chapel and basically just listen to some old asshole preach to you for like two hours in the morning. Yeah. And I just, I couldn't do it. And, it, it's, and I, I missed enough of them where I just got put on probation. That was the last straw. That's when they, they told me I probably shouldn't come back. Uh-huh. It wasn't for me, which they weren't wrong, but. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And this is this is while you were there. How long? How long were you there before they? Three semesters. I made it three oh whole God. semesters, and it's crazy because in those three semesters, I made probably the closest friends I've ever had in my life. Like we still right. talk to each other all the time. They're on right. the other side of the country. Are they? Did a lot of them continue to become leaders, or did they? Be- um, some of them, like my buddy Pokey, he's still. I think he's like a. They're still very religious, but I think he he does more like he leads like a worship at his church or something. Right. Um, most of my friends actually are not in the ministry. Now that I think about it, they went on to do other things with um, their Bible college. But some, degrees. Of them, some of them did go on. To yeah, yeah, yeah. Some, yeah. I think Schwartz is doing like youth ministry or something in right. like um, Nashville or something. Right. But yeah, I think he's the only one out of like six friends that were going there to do that and ended up doing that. So. Uh huh. And well, a lot of it sounds like a lot of what turned you off from it at the school was kind of uh your vision of what the morality of the church was didn't and just the the, the rules and regulations and everything it just it took any joy out of it right yeah so like where 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 that's why you got into it is exactly gave you joy and you go i want to give that to other people and it took all that out of it, it yeah it just made it boring and it yeah it was just also i it wasn't i i should have known it wasn't for me but i didn't want like the the youth group to end. I wanted to keep the party going, kind right. of thing. Yeah. So I ended up getting kicked out of there, and uh, I and then that's when I moved out to California. My parents had already moved out here. Uh-huh. My dad, because they hated the South too. So as soon as he got the opportunity to come out here, they came out here, and then I chased them out here. And then that's when, um, it was really just kind of a battle back and forth over years with them until I was just kind of honest about losing my faith with them. Like I stopped going right. to church. Oh, you didn't tell them at first. No, no, you know, like, you know, and I'll still be, you know, they'll still like pray and stuff before dinner and I'll sit there like respectfully, but I'm just kind of past all that. Like, sure. But that, that was the, the hardest thing is, and, and still talking to them this day, like, listen, I'm past this now. This is, I have my personal beliefies, but I'm not engaged in a church. How did you, how did you break that to them? Cause that's a hard thing. Cause they're still religious. They're still, yeah. Um, it's become easier over the years as me. Uh, there's three of us. It's myself, my brother, my sister. As we've all aged and become adults, they, I think they understand like we're our own people. Yeah. But at the time, you know, I was, I came out here, I was what, 1920. 
at the time. I was just, you know, living with them. So they still wanted me to go to their church all the time. And they want that for me uh, because they they believe in the thing, the heaven and the hell. And obviously they don't want their kids to go to hell or whatever. Sure. You know, that, and, yeah. and, but that's no reason to like stay involved in a faith because you don't want to go to the bad place. You, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I, I agree, and I feel like, yeah, no, I, I agree. That's not a reason, and I, I also don't think that the bad place exists. It's but so I, I guess it, it's hard for me to say. You well, know, I uh, mean, to this day, my mom still tries to have conversations about religion to try to get me back involved in stuff, and I'm like, it's yeah. just not, it's not for me anymore. It's right. I don't have, I don't seek it. Yeah, like I, like I once did, and that's tough for them. It's still tough for them because both my brother and my sister are still rather. I think my brother still goes to the church. He lives in Utah or something now. He's not Mormon, but he's just doing his thing out there. Right. And I know I don't. My sister doesn't go to church, but she still has like a lot of her faith beliefs. Mm-hmm. And I just kind of don't anymore. Yeah. <laughs> like I've moved past it. Like I'm not. I try to explain. I'm just a lazy agnostic. Right. Like I'm not actively trying to find out if there's a greater power anymore. There might be. I don't know. Yeah. I'm not going to be like one of those born again atheists. Have you met those people? Oh, those those people. I th- I think those people are just as. I actually think they're a little more annoying mm-hmm. than hardcore. Religion. There's no God. Your yeah. God is dead. I'm like, it's, all right, man. It's and like I agree with them, but like you're just trying to make people upset at that point, which I don't like. What 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 are you doing? There's atheist conventions. That sounds that sounds Why? terrible. Yeah, right. Why? Why? Where like atheism it? becomes its own religion. That's the funny yeah, part about it. That, well, that's exactly what it is, and it, dri- it drives me nuts. Like, how codependent are you? You had to create a group of people to agree about disagreeing on a thing that doesn't. You said doesn't. It doesn't make any sense to me. Once I became comfortable with myself and I understood what I believed. That's when I had the chance. I, that's when I basically talked to my parents and go, listen, I don't believe the way you believe anymore. Well, we don't need to have these conversations back right. and forth. You're not, you don't need to convert me back. I'm what? still your son and I love you, but I'm not, I'm not on the same path you guys are religiously anymore. Right. You know, religion should be personalized. And I, I, I actually really respect those people who have faith and are devout Christians or Muslims or Jews or whatever. But not only do they have devout faith, but they're also able to like realize like this is my own personal thing. Yes, yes, and no, and, they, I and they don't those people too. and they don't try to force it on others. And that's that's the problem I think with the organized thing is you are constantly, especially in politics or or even in your own community, trying to force your belief on somebody else. Yes, yeah, no, and I think I think that's the real rape culture in America, <laughs> forcing beliefs on others. Well, I'd say they both are. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, no, it, it is. I, I do think it's a, a, a problematic part of of our culture, and I feel like, I mean, you talked about you talked about how um, when you felt comfortable with your beliefs. Yeah, it took me a while, man. What, what, what I mean, what did they end up being? And, so and I how felt did you when get I got there? when I got kicked out of Bible college, it was. The ultimate failure. I failed at. I, lo- I looked at myself as failing as being a good Christian. Right. Which there is no such thing as being a good Christian or bad Christian. Faith is. I mean, I'm not going to again preach over the thing here, but now looking back at it, so 
for a couple years. You know, I tried to go to church, the the one my, my parents chose out here, and I just fell in and like I even uh, went to a Bible college for a semester out here too. Uh-huh. At the time, it was called Pacific Christian. I think it's Hope International now. It's where Cal State Fullerton is. Right. So I tried to kind of jump in and out of the church again, kind of like re like re jump re jump jump starting your faith or something like yeah. that. And I just couldn't couldn't do it. It was right. just gone. And coming to terms with the fact that I no longer believed that anymore, and and that that part of my life is gone now. And then getting past the guilt of it all, and that's that's where once I got past of feeling guilty about not believing in and the teachings that I was brought up with, and and not wanting to pursue the same kind of religion as my parents. Once I think you become your own person, and again, it takes years, you know, all through your twenties and everything. Uh-huh. You know, you're always trying to improve who you are. Right. At least I hope so. But once I finally felt comfortable with, okay, this is who I am now. That's when I was able to like tell my parents, like, listen, like you're, kind of, I'm not going to be doing this with you guys. Yeah. Like it's your thing, it's our family thing. I'm going to respect it. I'm not going to like sit there and you know, you know, if you want to pray during dinner or whatever it is, but that's I'm great. Not, I'm not going to be involved. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to be involved in that. Like I still have my personal beliefies right. and, and things, and I have had experiences in my life that, you know, I've felt the the presence of a higher being and. And and again, that's my own personal stuff. I can't tell you if you have or haven't, you know. But I, sure. I definitely, I've I've felt the presence of things. There's there's certain things that aren't explainable, yeah. Other than in a spiritual realm, or maybe there's another dimension, and there's all these things, right? Uh huh. Um, but to to try to force that on others, I just can't do that anymore. And and I try. I had that conversation with like Trop. Stop trying to sell Jesus back to me. Right, because I'm not buying right now. Sure. Okay, and sure. and and once we got past that, and again, it wasn't like yelling or anything, but once we got past that, I think we've been able to become closer uh, as far as like a family goes. I'm, I'm much much closer with my parents now than I ever been before. Do you think the Do you think that there was almost a the religious part put up a kind of a buffer where because you guys were getting to well, you know what, I'm gonna stop assuming and just ask you why you think that is. Um. There, yeah, you're right. Uh, what what it was again? It was the guilt I was feeling about not being a good Christian and, and not you take it out in different ways, and also the guilt of not living up to my parents' expectations. Yeah, and knowing that they were disappointed in my decision. Yeah, I mean that's what the buffer was. I right. mean, and then once I got past any of that, like I'm going to be my own person. I'm. I tell, dude. My parents have come to my comedy show. I talk. I used to talk about a fat chick that sat in my face and I couldn't breathe. Right. I'm past caring what my mom hears now. Right. 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 Like it's you got to live your life for yourself, and that's yeah. that's what I started doing. Once, not only was I confident with myself, but I started living my life for myself. That's when I was able to just you know just let it go, man. Just let's get you know our life is it's 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 finite, man. We're gonna die soon. I want to have a great relationship with my parents before they fade away. You know, they're they're like their late sixties now. Yeah. And coming up on sixty six or something. I mean, who knows how many years you get with them? Right. And I want to have a good relationship with my folks. I, there was a lot of fighting for so many years, back and forth, you, and you got it kind of out of the way though. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, get, yeah. I got it all out of the way. Yeah. Yeah. But that's the still the, that's kind of the, still the the elephant in the room with our. Family is the fact that I'm not this ultra Christian like I used to be. And your siblings, are my th- my siblings are still pretty. They they they're pretty faith based as uh-huh. far as yeah. They're but you at one point were probably the most, and now 
I mean, I mean, to be honest with you, I lost my faith for really three things. Uh-huh. Um, the class, it was my favorite class in Bible college. It was called Our Religious Neighbors. And what we would do is we bring in people of other faiths to just explain theirs. Yeah. And un- unfortunately, sometimes there'd be like some fucking Bible thumpers trying to yell at them like scriptures, like shut the fuck up, dude. These people talk. But, you know, we had the Mennonites in, which are the basically the Amish that can drive right. cars. And, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, we had an atheist and agnostics. We had all the different types. And then I started visiting other churches. And I just I started seeing like it's it's all bullshit. <laughs> it really is. It's most it's just uh, it's a form of control uh-huh. to keep the masses controlled. Uh-huh. Again, I'm talking about organized religion. Right. And a lot of people just use it for so they can feel good. I feel like a good person now. Yeah. Well, and I think a lot of it is exactly what you articulated earlier for you personally. I think it is people who are lacking a community. Mm -hmm. And churches typically, uh, I mean, there are plenty that aren't, but a lot of churches are very, you know, they... They want people to enjoy going to church. They want people. Why do you, to Why do you food. think church feeds out people all the time, man? Every time you get together, it's a big food party, big potluck. Right, right, right. You know, it's you it's. Know. Well, and that is and that is a like it's it's both like it's frustrating at the same time. Like I, I I think about that a lot, where like it is a thing where I feel like you know, and this is just my interpretation. I'm not saying anything just for the people at home. I'm not making any definitive statements. It's just something that. Uh, I I think about a lot where, you know, I I feel like it it preys on people who are suffering. But at the same time, you know, it takes these lonely people. And then without it, you know, you said yourself you would have probably gotten into drugs Mm -hmm. and done long term damage to your life if that wasn't there functioning for you at oh absolutely time. man i was already doing that when i was in chicago right it was the complete uprooting of my life and that was the only in i had that kept yeah. me from doing half of that shit right and so it, it's always a struggle for me where i go well it, it, it you know uh, it it's not it's 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 such a nuanced thing in terms of like, because that's a good thing that it did for you. Also, and, and that's one of the reasons why I was thinking about why I used to drink all the time versus, you know, how I drink now. But uh-huh. it was me coming to terms Besides with like most of the time. time. <laughs> uh, it was just another way because, you know, when you have the spirituality, you're filling that hole in your, your system. You're, right. you're, whatever your escape base is. You know, a lot of people escape in the religion. They escape in the drugs. They escape into booze, whatever it is. Yeah. And I was used, I, that's when I realized my drug of choice at the time was the Christianity, the religion. I yeah. was using it. And then once it was gone, you know, you feel empty for a while. And then I've just kind of been able to fill that with other things, I guess. Right. Right. But it's, do, do you think it's a destructive way you fill the hole or? Oh, dude, that's a good question. I think it's different for everybody, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, for you, I'm asking for you. For a long time, it was I was very destructive. Yeah. And now I've found other things to put in there. Uh-huh. I mean, it's not such, just. Such a. Uh, dude, I mean, comedy. Keeping, yeah. I mean, honestly, that fills a lot of it. Yeah, no, uh, it does. I, I mean, really, yeah. it really does. I mean, I, I, so I know it's destructive people in comedy. They're trying to fill, oh, and it, it yeah. is chasing that laugh. That that's the, really the chasing the dragon. Yeah. You crush the first time and you watch people laugh, and that instant gratification. That's why we keep doing this. Yeah. A lot for a lot of us, comedy is our drug, man. Getting those laughs. Um, 
<laughs> as much as we can. Uh, and then I've been able to, you know, just the, the comedy community, the friends I have, it's just, that's kind of filled a lot of it too. Right. To where I don't need to, you know, go crazy on the drinking or drugs or the other shits. Uh huh. And you, there's, in, from, from, uh, I'm not, I, I mean, do you want to share what you ended up believing in personally or do you want to keep that? Oh, I can, yourself? I can, yeah. Um, so, <laughs> Obviously, you know, all the teachings of Christ, I, I believed in, when coming up, I believed in, we're, we're all faulted, we're all born with sin, and the only way to do that is through accepting Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. And since then, um, I don't really believe in that anymore, okay? Oh. Um, the problem is that that story, I mean, uh, who I, I always forget, the, it's almost an, an identical story from, like, I forgot the Egyptian guy. I want to say Hortus, but I'm probably wrong, because... It's been years since I talked religion, to be honest. Oh, right. Um, nowadays, like, uh, sure, I believe that there is a higher creator or a purpose or a being or a consciousness or whatever you want to call it. Um, I don't believe <laughs> that the physical realm is the only realm we, we, we're, we're going to be in. I believe we are spiritual creatures. Uh -huh. I believe that we have a soul of some kind. Um, and I think that our, the molecules have put us together on this higher plane, and this is the physical realm, and we die. Maybe there's another dimension we go to. Energy, our brain, I mean, it's proven it's, it's energy, and energy is infinite. And, you know, maybe there is positive and negative energy. Maybe that's heaven and hell in the different dimensions. Or, But I, I believe that spiritually we'll continue on as an energy force somewhere else. Yeah. As hippy dippy as that shit sounds, it's the most hippy dippy you've ever sounded. <laughs> it's just I never, true. I never ever thought I would hear you in a genuine way say energy force, and it did <laughs> not be mocking somebody. You know what it was? It's uh, I was reading uh, this thing. They took quantum physicists. Is that the right word? And they tried to have. I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I'm just, I'm so goddamn stupid. Quantum <laughs> physics is, yeah, you know, basically, Sorry. yeah. Anyways, they took those quantum fuckers and they had them try to explain the existence of an afterlife. And after reading up on a lot of this, it, it, it more of that made sense than anything else. Right. How you know there, there's you know different dimensions, and I, really what I took from it is the your your consciousness is pure energy. Uh huh. And that always is going to exist. Right. So, I mean. The energy will. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, that's that's physics. I don't know, like, that, but that doesn't necessarily mean, I mean, I guess it could. You know, maybe we should just do DMT with Rogan or something and see where it takes us. I don't need Rogan <laughs> to do DMT. I can, I can, I can create my own. One of those ISO chambers. Some sect of humanity. It's all about, uh, yeah, I'm going to have great dumbbells that are shaped like my head. Uh, I think they already have them. They're called the Gorilla Bell. And then just, <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it is an interesting thing. I mean, if you really think about it, we're all, the inter on like a molecular level, we've been recycled for forever. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's the thing. There's just what? Why did these atoms come together and form these cells and make you and me? Right. 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 And that's but that's and that's the thing is I mean we are a bunch of we're thousands and thousands of years of trash just combined into carbon based trash. You're absolutely yeah, right. Yeah. Into into a different you know a different 
shape mm-hmm. than it used to be, uh, and you'll continue to be a different shape. And I, I but I, I also, and this gets into my own stuff, you know, where it's like you basically believe in reincarnation. In a, in a sense, in a very in a more abstract, in a, yeah. I don't think I'm going to come back as a dog or a cat. Uh-huh. I don't think I'm going to get it. If I part if of I, you might, <laughs> yeah, you're right. I don't. Maybe part of you might. I don't think uh, I'm going to get a do over. Like if I didn't live this life right, I keep coming back. Not a butterfly effect. Exactly. Yeah. Um. But I don't know. I I to me, infinity just makes sense. Something's always been. Something's always going to be. Right. And and so where I'm at right now in this little time loop or whatever the cosmos decided to do to put us together like this, you know, who knows down the road. But I, I think something is always going to exist of us, whether you're right. Maybe we just become compost and recycled into a plant and, you know, yeah. and then some of your molecules are in there. I mean, it's I, I don't know, man. Like I said, I don't give it too much thought these days. It's you know it's it's brought me a lot of happiness trying not focusing too much yeah, on it. My trying to stay in the moment with people uh-huh. have real experiences. That's that's what I've been trying to do these past couple of years. Right. So versus Bible thumping and yeah, yeah. No, I think I think there's nothing more valuable than one-on-one connection. Dude, I'm really embarrassed that I told all this shit on your fucking podcast right why? now. Why? Because I, I really try to I try to I try to bro hard, bro. <laughs> I, I know. Like, this is, <laughs> and now he's all like fucking energy and crystals and spirituality. I, know, I turned you I turned you into, the, into the, the little white girls you mock. I really we need to do It's almost like you're made out of the same atoms as they are. <laughs> <laughs> Those atoms and mimosas. Fuck yeah. it. Let's go do brunch. Uh, don't deflect. We we got you I saying know. it. You got I, me I, saying I got it. you. Yeah, I you got did. You. No, it's good. It's good to see another side of you. It's good to, you know, a, a lot of you is is little little roasty jokes and mm-hmm. you have a beer in your hand and you know, but it's good. It's good. To, you know, it's it's nice to meet this side of uh, uh of 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 Matt. I I know much about your history. I know you were you lived in Illinois and you went to school in Tennessee and that mm-hmm. was that's about it. I mean, that's all I really let on. Right. Least, you know, kicked you know. out of a Bible college, fell away from a faith, left my tribe, as you will. Yeah, yeah. And uh, but it's it's inter- I mean, if there's if there is anyone, I we, we should wrap up. Yeah. But if there is if there is anyone who is listening who is in a similar place to you as you when you were in Bible college. Anyone who's in the church who's who's the thing about leaving for because it sounds like the bottom line was it felt fake to you. It became very fake to me. And for anyone who is experiencing that and struggling with the same thing, I mean, what would you what would you say to them? What would you? Oh, honestly, I mean. <laughs> If if you really are struggling the yeah, way it is, Matt, Matt's rubbing his face like you already tapped out my being genuineness. No, no, I'm being I'm being very genuine right no, now. No, if you if you are. really are going through that, there's a lot of guilt because you're having doubts and you are doubting it. And there's a lot of guilt. And just let you know those doubts are natural. Look into those doubts, question everything, and don't feel guilty about it. I mean, follow. And here's the thing: if you are in a Bible college or you in any sort of um, place where you're very religious very religious or you are studying to become some sort of a spiritual leader and you are doubting it follow those doubts because you may be right and again if you find out it is for you that's awesome you've solidified your faith just as much by questioning it and if you find out it isn't for you leave get out it's your life right now stay in the moment live it as much as you can yeah no that that's that's phenomenal advice i think i think that's that's terrific advice i was i was i was 
on the path to be a religious leader. You were? Yeah, that's a whole nother podcast. Uh, I was going to say. But yeah, no, I think that's phenomenal advice. Um, where can where can the people find you? Guys, I'm on all social media at Matt Cole Comedy. You can find me on my dates at MattColeComedy.com. If you're in Orange County, I run some fun shows. Tom's going to be on one soon. Second Tuesday of the month, Clubhouse starts at 7. Uh, <laughs> the third Thursday of the month, we're doing this new one in Huntington Beach called Tree Branch Cider House. Tom, I don't know when this is coming out. Tom, you'll be there on the 19th it'll of this out, month. It'll be out next week. Okay, perfect. And then uh, the fourth Wednesday of the month, we have a killer show at Phantom Ales in Anaheim. Come see some local comedy. Support local comics. Yeah. No, your shows, you're all, they're always fun. Even even They're usually very well attended. And even when they're the lighter attended ones, they're still fun. Yeah. I, I really enjoy doing them. Um, but yeah, uh, th- thanks again for doing it, man. Uh, yeah, buddy, thanks for having me on this. I really yeah. appreciate it. No, no, I I appreciate you doing it. Thank you, thank you for being a uh, fucking open and honest, man. Uh, how you feel? Feel great. <laughs>